Hi guys, and welcome back to another new episode of You Need Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat, I am the host here, and welcome everybody. New, old, kind of new, kind of old, welcome everybody. I am so glad that you specifically are here today because we have a treat for you. Now, before we get into that, I just want to remind everybody that, yeah, I am a therapist. I'm a therapist who works in Nashville and owns a private practice. However, this podcast is not a replacement for therapy. It's more of a springboard. It's a place that you come where you might hear conversations and you might start to think and it might encourage you to go experience your own therapeutic process with a therapist. But this right here is not that, but it can help get you there. Now, I just want to get to this because I have literally not been able to stop talking about this conversation since it happened. I don't remember the last time I've been so excited about putting content out. And I usually am pretty excited about the content I put out for real. And um, my guest today is somebody who I really have begun to look up to and now look up to even more. And she's somebody you might have seen me post about on Instagram because her content is so good that she puts out there. Her name is Kaiza and she is a personal trainer, a fitness educator and a social media influencer who's known for the way she gets people moving. Um, Getting people moving is her goal and her life's mission. And I can't wait for you guys to hear about why and how she does it. She graduated from University of Washington and she was a member of the track and field team there. And she also has her master's in exercise science, sports performance and injury prevention. So she's super like educated. And that's one of the reasons I love her. She's not just somebody who decided it would be fun to go like talk about certain things and do a certain thing. She like is really smart and she really knows what she's doing. And her actual goal is to get people to move, not to exercise, not to lose weight, not to get fit or whatever that means. Her goal is to get people to move and her reasons behind her goals, the why behind what she does is so freaking amazing. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear her talk. You'll hear how I discovered her, but I, I've been following her for a couple of months now and I can't get enough of one, the badass workouts that she posts because she's freaking incredible and the honest and real and true content she puts out. She was very vulnerable with me in the best way in our conversation. And keep in mind, this was the first time we met virtually via Zoom. And we just like went there. And she also challenged me and really made me think. And this has been an eye-opening conversation for me as well, which I will forever be grateful for. She also has a platform called Just Move. And we talk about it in the conversation, but I want to encourage anyone and everyone to follow them on Instagram and look into the program and the platform. She'll talk about it, but I just wanted to up top say it as well. So if you follow at just move, you can follow that platform. And then her Instagram is at Kaisa fit. So K A I S A F I T. So to you, Kaisa, thank you for being yourself. I know I told you that like a million times, but thank you for being yourself. Thank you for taking the time to have this conversation with me and to everybody out there listening, get ready because this is a conversation you're going to want to listen to way more than one time. And I'm excited to listen to it again, not because anything I said, but because she is a smart human and she is somebody who has a lot of goals to change and, and restructure some of the ways that the health and wellness industries work. And I have full faith that she is going to be, because 
I'm telling you, there will be change. She is going to be one of the reasons that that happens. So again, thank you. And guys, I'm going to stop. I'm going to let you guys listen to this. So here is my conversation with Kaisa. Thank you for being here. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited. Usually I know the people that I'm interviewing on here. Today, I'm getting to know our guest as you're getting to know our guest. Um, And so what I wanted to do is give you a second because I obviously reached out and asked for you to come on here because I've seen a lot of your content on Instagram and you are a person that I believe that I align with a lot of what you're putting out there. I'm grateful that you're doing that. So... My understanding is your passion and your life's work right now is in movement and getting people moving in a way that works for them, not in a way that is supposed to be the right way that's promoted on in certain areas of life. So I would just like to start with your background. Like I want to know what got you into this, specifically fitness and movement, and then where you developed the philosophy that I see you operating out of because Again, it it aligns very much with my beliefs. That's not how I grew up. And it's not the majority of what is out there. So can you just walk us into that? Well, hello. (laughs) I'm like, that's so big. It's a big question. Yeah, I think, and definitely as we have a conversation today, more of the story will unravel. But the truth for me is that movement saved my life. In high school, like, you know, I went through some really hard times and I ended up finding sports and it was really the thing that helped me want to live. And so when I went through that, I eventually um, did track and field in college, never had any, like not even an ounce of interest of becoming a trainer. What I wanted to do was become a social worker. So for me, I knew I had been through some really, really dark times And I knew that like what was really important to me was to take those dark times and hopefully work with others. I didn't realize that movement would be the tool that I got to use to work with people and to help people through their dark times or, you know, through any time. Um, And so eventually it led me to like, you know, what I'm doing today, which is trying to get the world to move. But ultimately movement is the tool that I use to try to help people get connected to themselves feel empowered in who they are, um, and just like live a healthier, happier life. And so for me, movement is really just a tool. It's not the thing. I think that's amazing. So you set out and you're like, I'm going to be a social worker because of that background of like, I want to help people and help people live a fuller, essentially better life. Did you go to school for social work or what, whatever happened? How did that transition? Okay. So I technically went to school for track and field. Let's just be very <laughs> honest. <laughs> I went to the university of Washington. I got my degree in social studies, but I didn't realize until my senior, like in your junior and senior year is when the classes become very interesting. And this is when I was like, I really enjoy learning about people and my past and my experiences started coming out. And I realized like there's for me, the connection with people was something that I was missing when I was going through my hard time. And it was something like I really wanted to be, I guess for lack of a better word, like a coach and a cheerleader and a support system. I really wanted to be that. So when I graduated from college, I was really injured and I was in a, in the middle of trying to figure out what I was going to do. And a good friend of mine said, you should really interview social workers. Like you should really interview people in the field of work that you want to go into just to make sure that you want to go back and get your master's in this. 
And I had one of the most incredible conversations with a woman. And essentially she kindly told me like, if you are not somebody that can separate Mm -hmm. your work life and your private life, this will eat you alive. Like this Mm -hmm. is, this is really not the field for you. And I'm not like (laughs) anything that happens in my life, whether it's work or not, like I take home and I take on. So I thought about that long and hard. And while I was in the process of trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I was nannying. And the woman that I was nannying for asked me just to teach um, a boot camp. And so all of these things unfolded. And so whatever higher power you believe in, like totally had a path for me and was like, no, we still want you to work with people. I just want you to do it a different way. I mean, it it makes sense. The automatic is like, I'm going to go do this job. I'm going to be a therapist. I'm going to be a counselor. I'm going to be a social worker. I'm going to be, I don't know, a nurse or whatever. And I believe fully in my heart that you can help people if you are the mailman. Like you can help people no matter what you do, but it's identifying how is it that I want to help people? Because what I see from just your presence on social media is the kindness and the caringness and the like brightness. And I'll get more into it, but there's a couple videos and that I've watched of yours. And it's, you can tell that you like aren't just happy all the time because there are some videos that you aren't expressing just happiness, but you are passionate about connecting with people or helping people connect to themselves or speaking truth. I'm saying all this for anybody who's listening because we've talked a lot of it about it on the show of your job, what you do, like the title doesn't have to necessarily dictate really what you're doing because you're, oh, yeah. you're a trainer, but you are changing people's lives. Yeah. I mean, and I think everything for me, I feel like my experience has allowed me to go to a place that I really can resonate with people. You know, when, when you've been through really, really dark times, like you can resonate with people going through Mm -hmm. dark things. And I think like, I no longer have a fear of talking about that. I no longer have, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it was maybe five years ago that I first like voiced it even to my mother about what I went through. So like now I'm very out there. I'm willing to be very vulnerable and authentic about like the things that I've gone through because I feel like at some point in time, if there's one person that resonates or hears that thing and understands because social media is, it's great. And it's also evil. Everybody could look at what I'm doing and be like, Oh, this is this happy girl that just smiles. Her life must just be so great. And it's, it wasn't, and it's not, and it's always hard times. And it's the tools that I have gained along the way and the connections and the human beings that allow me to keep moving forward. And so I think for me, like that's always been very important with what I do on social, what I put out there to just be very real about it. Would you mind going into some of that? Because I don't know specifics of that. Like I've obviously know that your life is not perfect because nobody's life is perfect. But I would love to know as much as you're willing of like what kind of stuff you've been through and how how you use that as maybe a tool to do the work that you're doing. I've always been an athlete. I've never really been committed until high school. I was never committed to a single sport. I just I knew that movement was really important to me. When I got to high school, I went from a very, very tiny private school to a very big public school. And so high school, my freshman year was really difficult. Mm -hmm. There were things for me that were going on at home. There were things at high school. And I just, I remember partway through my freshman year, like I did not want to live anymore. Like I was like, I, I really, I don't want to be here. And so I remember thinking, and the thing is, is like, I have a story about this and the videos out there. And I'm like, I don't know why I talk about this so much and I still get emotional about it, but I remember thinking I have to find a reason to live because if I actually died, I would kill my mom as well. Like I have, there's, there's four of us siblings. And I was like, this is not, this wouldn't be fair to my mother. It wouldn't be fair to my siblings. 
So I, at the time, was really into soccer. And so if I thought about my life and I thought about, you know, a lot of it was really dark for me, the one thing that was a light was soccer and it was movement and it was sports. And so I don't have a good memory, but I remember this like it was yesterday. I just told myself, like, you are going to play soccer and practice soccer and do that 24-7 until you work through this. Because if you can keep going to the light, if you can keep going to the thing that brings you some ounce of happiness, you will make it through this. And so that's what I did. And so I eventually became like, you know, the star soccer player. And I actually didn't go on to play soccer. I went on to do track and field instead. And I worked through it. But the thing was, it was movement that saved my life. And it was the ability that I had to kind of like check out from the world and check into myself. And that's honestly the reason why I'm here today. One, thank you for sharing that with me and with us. I mean, that is some kind of resilience in there. That is some kind of like, higher power resilience for you to have that voice that says, I have to find something. Mm-hmm. I have to find something because I think what we do a lot of times in those moments is we do focus on all the reasons that we wouldn't want to live. And for people that don't know what that feeling is like, it might not make as much sense, but that is a strong experience to have. And so for you to be able to sit and what is going right? What do I enjoy? I don't enjoy a lot of this stuff. That is some kind of special resilience. And so really what I want to know is playing soccer over and over one, I grew up playing soccer. So I love you actually now. And soccer has been a little bit a part of my story too, but in a different way. But as you continue to dive in deeper to that, I'm going to dive in deeper to, I'm going to show up more. I'm going to practice more. I'm going to get more committed to this. Was it the experience of moving your body and all of that that you think changed you or was it what came with the experience of moving your body this is an awesome question so for me the thing was the outside world looked at like wow you just love this sport you love soccer you're all about it and i just kept being like it's not about soccer (laughs) like it's literally about the moment that I get to have with myself and it happens to be soccer because that happened to be the sport that I was doing at the time when I made the commitment to myself to stay alive. It wasn't soccer. It was the fact that I could go somewhere by myself, work on this thing and honestly like gain a better connection with myself, like work through stuff. It was really therapy. And I was 13. How old are you when you're a freshman in high school? I was 12 or 13. Mm. I didn't have the knowledge or the skill set or anything to say one that I needed help because at that age, like I I didn't even know how to ask for help. And two, the only thing that I knew was like, I was going to work through it with myself. So that's what soccer was. It was literally just therapy for me. It wasn't that I loved the game. It wasn't that I was obsessed with soccer at all. Okay. That's, that's an amazing point to add. And, and, you know, I wonder, because I think a lot of people are quick to say like, well, why didn't you tell anybody? Well, there's a million reasons. And one of those reasons I I just heard from you is you might not have known what to say, but also like, I didn't feel like I could, like, I don't know how to do that. Like, I don't know what the real problem is. And if, if I'm so afraid of hurting my mom, like you, you said, like, who do I go to? Amen. No, that's exactly it. And the shame that goes around it. So let's just say I was 13, even at 13, the shame that goes around with mental health, which still exists today is so real to know that there's something quote unquote wrong with you, which makes you different than others is a very intense feeling that it, that exasperates the feeling you're already having. So it's like at that point in time, I did not have the bandwidth or the skills or the depth of knowledge to do anything other than 
What do I need to do just to help myself right now? And I think that for you, I'm so grateful that was something that actually propelled you forward and that you were able to do that. But I think that is a really big issue that you just brought up is that like the, you said the word shame and with shame comes like the stigma. If, if I say I'm struggling and this actually, this could be brought out to so many different aspects of, of life in the world. But if I say I'm struggling in, in something, what is that going to say or mean about me? What does that, that mean? And you posted, I just reposted it. I was going to bring this up later, but you posted something on the Just Move Instagram was talking about strength isn't about how much you can lift. It's about what was the second part of it? It's about I'm not even going to remember all the quotes. Essentially, you were saying it's, it's your strength is not in the gym. It's not about how much weight you can lift. That's not what strength is. Strength is how you it was how you feel in your body, how you feel with yourself. And I think from that perspective, then you asking for help would be the sign of strength, right? And I think that's something we promote all of the time. At the same time, I feel that because I have had experiences and I've put myself in a community that believes that. But a lot of people don't have that. That is what strength is. Strength is showing up and having a brave face. Strength is looking like you have it together despite adversity. Like strength is all that when I don't know that that is true or should be what we're putting out there. So no. yeah, you just, yeah. So that, that bothers you obviously. It bothers just, me so yeah. much. It's like, it's also always then gets defined that strength is a look, right? You yes. know, it's like, it's like all these things that have been so it's why when I came into this industry, when I finally decided, okay, movement is the thing that I want to do. It's why I was so inferior, like to my core, I was infuriated that what people came to me for was to change what their bodies look like. And so for me, I was like, you have no idea what a miracle it is that you are standing here today at this gym wanting to train. Like, why are we having a conversation about what you look like? Let's have a conversation about all the things that you can do and have use movement as this way to show your body love and appreciation. And so Mm. when things get summed down into like, what are you doing physically? What do you look like? You're not strong if you don't look like that or you can't do these things. It's just like, I mean, it literally boils my blood because that's not at all what it's Uh about. And strength is different for different people and at different times in different seasons. Mm -hmm. We're going to get into that because that reminds me of another, I was, I'm reading this book or I'm listening to this book called Man Enough by Justin Baldoni. And he did a whole chapter on body image, but it was, it was men's. And you don't hear a lot of people talk about men's body image. So I was like eyes wide open, writing everything down as I'm like listening to this. But he said something that really sparked a lot inside of me that he said, looking strong isn't a way to be strong, but it's a way to avoid looking weak. And I was like, heck yes. Because, and that goes along the lines of what you're talking about is in the specifically the industry you're in, being a strong human is promoted as your body type. And it's just not. <laughs> and I, that's frustrating from my perspective and yours, who are, are two people that we use movement as a way to like get through other obstacles in your life. It is a, a vessel and a tool. It is not the destination. And so going off of all that, what do you want to change when it comes to the just fitness industry, or you can widen it out because that's like the yeah. world, right? Yeah. What do you wish was, was different about that in the way things are promoted? Oh gosh, where do we start? Well, yeah. first and foremost, for me, when I stepped into this industry right away, the 
the thing that was just glaringly obvious is we are the health and wellness industry and we are one of the most unhealthiest industries. So it was right away from the jump. Yeah. I was like, we are not the true definition of health. And if I actually cared about a human being's health and well-being, what would that look like? What would I want to do for that person? And so the thing for me as a coach was I, I despise the industry and then I love the industry. So I didn't want to talk crap about it from afar. I wanted to be in it and I wanted to change it from within. But at the same point as being in it and trying to change it from the inside, I also wanted to help people, which I call more the general population from the outside, understand that a lot of what you see is not what health is. Like the definition of health, I always say health is a feeling, it's not a look. The things that the health and wellness industry are pushing because we are now a trillion dollar industry is most of the time, unfortunately, because it makes us a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So when we're pushing things, there's, you know, as with any big corporation, there's agendas behind it. And a lot of what we push is that we're playing on the guilt you feel or the shame you feel, or, you know, like all the things that have to do with the way that in which your body looks. And then we make money because we sell you on that. And so as soon as I saw that, and what, what was I when I became a trainer? I think I was like 23 or 24. I was like, absolutely not. This is, this is the thing that I want to like be out here changing. There were no platforms at the yeah. time. Social media wasn't around. Yeah. I always say the only platform was Jillian Michaels on the biggest loser. That was, that was what people knew about movement and about fitness. And so from that very like small little beginning, I was like, I want the world to move, Mm -hmm. but I want the world to move because I want the world to feel really empowered and confident in who they are and grateful for what their body can do, not feeling shame for what their body looks like. And so I really believe Mm -hmm. that if you have an experience with your body in which your body, which is always an amazing thing, will show up for you, will always impress you, will be able to do all these things. If you start having that experience and you start being so proud of what your body does, you'll start to think less and less about what it looks like. And don't get me wrong, it happens every single day. I stand in the mirror every single day. I can nitpick my body apart. But the difference now is that I don't stand in that. The difference is if something comes in, Mm -hmm. let's just say like, you know, my arms are huge. In two seconds, I'm like, yes, bitch. And that's how you can do like 10 pull-ups. So what are we talking about? The difference is how fast it leaves me. Because we live in the world. We live in a world where looks is everything. That's what sells. So being able to have the tools to get rid of that was something that was so important to me. And then the thing that I wanted to help coach people and, you know, support people on. Yes. And so grateful that you just said that because what you just said, just so everybody is listening, that's not something she made up and sounds nice. That's like actual psychological science that she's saying in a way that makes sense to everybody because loving your body does not mean you're going to get out of the shower, look in the mirror and say, oh my God, I look so good today. That is not what that means. Because I think you and I can both attest to the fact that we practice loving our bodies every day. And a lot of the times that comes with these thoughts that we wish we didn't have about them. Because I don't think that you can just fully, and I want, I would love to hear you on this. I don't think you can just fully decide to change your mind and you can say, well, like, I love the fact that I don't have a thigh gap and that's what is promoted on every single like health magazine and fitness magazine out there. I don't think I can just flip a switch. Now, 
you might like that. You might have your personal preference about what bodies look like, but it's more about how I'm viewing that thing, which is what you just said. And the more you can have those experiences and then what you just said, yeah, that's why I can do pull-ups and push-ups and that's why I can do all of this badass shit. The more you add that, you're literally changing neuropathways in your brain that literally change how the way you feel about your body. And when you change the way you feel about your body, you see it differently. Like actually your eyeballs see things differently. Yeah. And I think a really quick distinction is that I am constantly reinforcing what my body does for me, like what she does for me every day rather than what she looks like. And for me, that's like, that is a really big switch that doesn't make sense, especially for females. Like we are summed up by what we look like. That's Mm -hmm. why I have my quote, like I am more than my body. I am more than my body. And I say that every day. And it's not that I don't love my body. Obviously she's a miracle. She's amazing. She wakes up every day and that's a miracle. What she's not is what she looks like. Like that is the least most important thing. And it's not just, I want to reiterate, I am a physical person. So for me, I find a lot of the empowerment about myself in what it can physically do. But there are so many, like there are so many incredible women that are doing amazing things. It doesn't just have to be doing what they're doing in the gym. Yeah. That find that confidence in that, like find the confidence that makes you, you know, like your brightest, happiest, you know, healthiest self. And then constantly remind yourself about that, whether you're an amazing mother or, Mm -hmm. you know, like you're a nurse, whatever it is that you find your space and your confidence in, remind yourself about that because it's what you're doing in this world. It's what your body allows you to do. It's not what your body looks like. Yeah. And I'm, when you said mother, I thought that like, you know, people going in through transitions with their bodies of like giving birth and then their lifestyle changes and maybe they're not as active or active in the same way. And for somebody to be able to see the changes in their body and then say, but Hey, I'm, I'm more than this because look at what I do for my kids. I'm raising a family. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. That is really powerful. And it seems simple, but it's, it's not. And you just saying like, I'm more than my body. I'm more than my body. I'm more than my body. I will say I forget because I I do this all day, every day that I forget how powerful that actually is. And it's not simple. Like it is simple, but it's not simple. When you repeat to yourself those things that actually changes the trajectory of your life which I want to bring this up because this was this is how I found out who you are is this this video that I posted now twice on Instagram I'll probably post it again of you talking about self-love and mm. the reason I think that that video is so important is because I think self-care and self-love like fitness and movement and and strength is portrayed in a way that I don't like I think self-love is too and there's been this huge huge which I'm so grateful for but this push forward in the body positivity movement that's been incredible it's been amazing at the same time I think that it's watered down to this this idea that body positivity and positive body image is just this thing where you do look in the mirror and you say I love you so much uh, you look at your mirror in the mirror and you say, I love my thighs. I love this. I love this about my body. I love my stomach. I love my eyes. I love, and I get in these like pushbacks with clients a lot of times because it's not easy to do that. We're going to have a little argument right here. Okay. Okay. No, I love that. I'm actually not a fan of the body. Positivity okay. Okay. Movement. Then, then that's good. We, I don't th- know that we'll get in an argument. I, I want to hear why. <laughs> I want to hear why. Because it's still summing up that women are what their body is. I'm like, I, why, why do we have to talk about the body? Mm. Body positivity would literally be not talking about my body at all. Leave my mm-hmm. body alone. Yes. Like, okay. Don't talk about my body. 
Because that's what, what body positivity is standing in the mirror saying, I like this about my, so all you're reinforcing mm-hmm. is that what you look like is important and you have to love all that. Like that's to me, that's, there's nothing positive about that. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't like the body. We just shouldn't have to talk about it. We shouldn't have to fucking talk about it. Yes. We shouldn't be defined by what we look like. Body neutrality is yes. the goal. The goal is, is that my body I'm not on the roller coaster ride of where my body's at in any given season. I had this whole conversation. I think this is where the self-care started, the, the self-love video, because last year was really fucking difficult. Mm-hmm. We all went through a pandemic. It was very hard times, very, very hard times for everybody. Everybody experienced it differently. For me personally, as I am on social media and people, you know, people looking at me as like, you know, the definition of health or what it had to be, I was going through my own mm-hmm. roller coaster ride of I didn't have any motivation to move. I was gaining weight. I was unhealthy. When I don't move, my you know mental health goes out the window. So I was going through a very, very difficult time. Sitting there telling me to look in the mirror and just love my stomach. What is that? Like I had this whole yes. thing about, oh. Yes. Okay. We're not going to argue because that's my, that's my point is I don't think I'll ever look in the mirror and say, I love my stomach. One, Amen. I'm not interested in doing that because my stomach looks different every single day. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it, regardless of month to month. And so that is the energy that I would like to promote out there. And I think what I see that gets mixed up and, I, and I'm trying to get more detailed with this and hopefully I, I can I can in the future is that the body positivity movement and having having positive body image are two different things, but they're getting tied together positive body image is I think more along the lines of body neutrality where I might not like what my body looks like but also it doesn't matter because what I'm doing is I'm taking the worth aspect and the value aspect away from my body and any part of my body any aesthetic thing and I'm I'm understanding that worth is something that you're I'm born with and it I don't get to have more and I don't get to have less it just is that and what I look like is just that and we're moving on. That's what I believe is having positive body image. When I say like, I'm glad that there's this push towards body positivity, I'm, I'm glad that people are starting to stop ripping people down. And I'm glad people are, are, are attempting to allow there to be more inclusivity when it comes to bodies. But I think what I hear you, which is good for me to hear too, is really we should take that out and just stop talking about it. Because if we weren't mm-hmm. talking about it, then it actually wouldn't be an issue. The reason that we're talking about it is because it is an issue. Yeah. And I mean, on the bigger level, yeah. you know, corporations now, everybody's making a ton of money on body positivity. And I'm like, again, women uh, are continuously summed up by what they look like. Stop talking about what we look like. Start talking about what we're doing in this world. Women are doing yeah. incredible things. Women run the damn world. Talk about what we're doing. Stop talking about what we look like. Like, and I'm yeah. not saying that men don't deal with these same issues. They don't deal with them on this level. They don't. Like yeah. I, for me right now, like I am a businesswoman. I love what I do. I love movement. That's a piece of like, I love all these things. Nobody ever talks about that. Nobody ever talks about the things that I'm doing. The thing that you want to talk about is the way in which I look. And it infuriates yeah. me in a, in a level that's like, stop. I, and this is where it's like, I have so much passion. Stop talking about what women look like. Mm-hmm. Like, 
why and in order to do that you have to stop talking about yourself based on what you look like yes in order to know what that is and what you want and how you want other people to treat you and have a dynamic and a relationship with you you have to start treating yourself that way so this is a learn this is something that yeah. i am practicing every single day every single day i could look in the mirror especially this is where that the, the self-love yeah. video came from but i can break myself down every single day there are a million things i can say i don't like about the, what i look like but my constant practice is reinforcing the things that I am doing in this world, the things that I do for myself and for others that I am proud of, and then replacing that. So it's, it's always how fast can I take that negative self-talk and reinforce it with something that I'm really proud of, not reinforce it with like this fake, but I love my stomach, but I love my arm, not reinforce it with right. that, reinforce it with like, you are a bad bitch, Kaisa, mm -hmm. okay? You're getting the world to move, you are running a successful business. Mm -hmm. You have really, really good relationships, dynamics with your friendships. You support a lot of people. Like do all of the things that are, that you're proud of. Reinforce it with that, not what you look like. Mm -hmm. And then that's what you're going to see. You're going to look in the mirror and you're going to see all the things that you're doing to make an impact, which rounds back to like why you even got into the fitness industry in the first place. So amen to everything you said. Thank you. In the, in the way that like that's actually giving me stuff to think about because I think I, I agree with everything you're saying, but I don't know that I practice it mindfully all the time. Mm -hmm. And so to hear you have such passion around that, which obviously I, I believe that that's come from experiences you've had, right? That's come from a lot of experiences you've had where it's like, I'm sick of this. So then talk to me about like, I want to know where you are because that video was made, I mean, made a while ago. So talk to me about like where you are with self-love and how you would encourage a friend, not even a client. Like how would you encourage a friend to walk into a space of self-love? Like what is self-love to you and what does it look like in your daily life? Yeah. So this is, and honestly, I'm never, I'm not going to say it. the moment that we filmed that video, I was just like in a moment. So if you ever want to go back and really no, look at like, everybody needs to watch it. <laughs> but for me, that's, it's what at the end I was like, self-love is loving yourself. But for me, it's not about loving yourself because you look a certain way or you're, you're trying to accept the way that you look. It's about loving yourself through every season, through the highs, the lows. It's about being your best friend. It's about being your own ride or die. And it's about being really like encouraging to yourself when times are rough. That for me, that was really where the whole thing started was because it was a difficult year. I had a lot of people looking at me to like be this, you know, rah, rah, go do yeah. it. And I couldn't even do that for myself. And so I found, I, you know, in my, in the roller coaster ride going downhill and in my, you know, the, my mental health is going out the window and everything is happening. I had to remember like, no, Kaisa, like one, what you look like doesn't matter right now. Do the things that you need to do to help you come back to yourself, which for me is movement. I'm not saying that's, yeah. that's everybody's number one tool, but for me, it's movement. And then once I start moving, then I can remember like who I am, not based on the things that I can physically do when I am moving, but it helps me clear my mind. It helps me connect me to myself and it helps remind me who I am, why I'm here on this earth, what I'm trying to do. You know, the things that I, that get me out of bed every morning and get me excited. And it brings me back to that. So what it reminded me was to be really authentic about the struggle that I was going through during that time and allow myself to tell people to be okay being vulnerable about it. Nobody wants to know that the girl that is known for smiling, doing crazy shit is actually really, really struggling right now. You know, I didn't think anybody wanted to know that until I was like, no, people 
there's more people struggling. It's probably not just me. I would want to know that because what that is saying, well, one, what you're saying is like self-love is, you literally are saying self-love is loving yourself in every season, not just when it's going well, because that's not fair. Yeah. But I would want to know that because, and I think again, social media is a tricky thing and that's a whole nother issue when it comes to sharing or oversharing or what to put out there or how to, whatever. But I do want to know that when you're struggling, because as a human, I have my experience where I feel all of my feelings inside. I have all my thoughts inside. I have all my bad days, all my good days inside of me. I have all of it. But when I look at the world, I'm only seeing people's outsides. So as a, and this, I don't know why I'm about to cry, but when as a therapist and somebody who also is in, not to the scale you are, but in Nashville, in my community, a picture of loving yourself and self-love and acceptance and mental health. I also have really bad days and the pandemic was a really shitty year for me as well, especially when it comes to some of that stuff that I specialize in it because my body changed too. And my abilities changed too. And my ability to even move changed because of some of the stuff I was just dealing with, with anxiety and stuff. And so I do want to know when you, when other people are, that are the picture of whatever I'm aiming to be are struggling, because then I don't have to compare my insides to just your outsides, Mm -hmm. or I'm comparing an even outside to my insides. And that doesn't mean you have to overshare and tell me everything. But when you can have a bad day, And when you aren't perfect, then I can realize that, oh, doing well doesn't mean I'm I'm perfect. I had a a conversation with a client who was talking about recovery, like recovery from an eating disorder. And I am in recovery from an eating disorder and she knows this. And and she was talking to me about what she was going through and she wasn't really being honest with me. And I was like, I just don't, I don't believe that you're as okay with the world as in, in your body and food as you're acting. Like this is bizarre to me. She finally broke down and she was like, well, I'm afraid to tell you what I'm really feeling because I'm afraid then that will mean I'm not in recovery. Mm. And, and I said, well, we need to talk about recovery is because I'm in recovery for like eight years and you better believe I have days where I want to run 15 miles and I have days where I don't want to eat pizza because it scares me and I have days where I don't want to get out of bed because I know if I get out of bed I have to put on this outfit and people are going to look at me and I, I have those days it's not about having those days it's about what you do with those days oh. but I think that's that's kind of what I'm saying it's like we need you Like we need you to share with us. And at the same time, I'm sitting here feeling like I'm putting like pressure on people to like share their stuff. No, I don't, I don't feel that at all. But I think what the, I think the thing at this point in time is also making sure that we are, we're in the business of wanting to help people. Like we, we are in the business of wanting to help people. And when we do that, it means also like giving people tools. Mm -hmm. And so for me, this is why it always brings it back to movement. And I'm, I'm, my thing is just move. Obviously I want to get, obviously I want to get the world to move. I will also say, I don't necessarily think that movement is the number one tool for everybody. There are a bunch of different people come into connecting to themselves through many different avenues, whether whatever it is that you want to do that helps you clear out the noise and get connected to yourself. I am 1000% here for it but we do need tools yeah. because at, when, when things are really, really hard and we're trying to just have a positive relationship with ourselves, we need those tools. You need the things that get you back to who am I? 
you know, what am I doing? How, how do I show up for myself? What do I need in this time? Even being able to like clear all the noise to be like, what do I need during this time? Last year for me, it, I experienced a year very differently than a lot of people because I have an online business and you know, everybody was at home and people wanted to move from home and I am eternally grateful for that. And that is what I have always wanted to do, but it was also such an odd time to experience a very, very stressful time in the world. And then a stressful time in work when that didn't compare to anybody else. So it was all these things. And I had to have the tools to say, how do you get back to yourself? Kaisa, you move you move. And when you're going through really hard times, you don't like sit there and analyze what you look like and then break yourself down based on that. You just find the thing that brings you happiness, that clears everything else out. And you do that thing. Cause that's, what's going to help you out of that low season. Mm-hmm. We yeah. all have them. Yeah. Well, and going off of that too, I do want to make sure we have time to talk about just move because I think it, what you're doing is really cool. And you're right. It's movement is not the only tool. And I think no matter if it movement is one of your top tools or it's not, this conversation is important because we're talking about a tool, insert movement with insert anything that you want there writing. I don't care what horseback riding, which also could be movement, but insert anything in there. Maybe you love to bake. Like, I don't care what it is, like have a tool, maybe you, whatever it is, what we're talking about is allowing yourself to have whatever it is you have inside of your body, whatever thoughts and feelings about the world and what's going on with you. And then a way for you to make your life bigger than that feeling, bigger than that feeling of sadness or fear or, or, or whatever it is. And so you have created a huge, huge tool for people. You've done that and you're changing people's lives with it. And so I do want to have you talk about it for a second for people who do love movement or people that like might really, really, really love it, but they don't know it yet because they haven't tried it because it's scary because fitness is scary. It's really scary. No, totally. Yeah. Well, I think the thing for me was obviously like, what are the tools that I love the most and it's movement. And so that was a tool. Then when I learned that I wanted to work with people, movement was a tool that I got to work with people. But the issue for me was in some sense, it was like this ass backwards thing because the fitness industry then reinforced the issues that I was trying to work people out of. And so it was like this vicious cycle. So my career originally started, well, started at the boot camp, and then I decided, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. And when people would come to me, 99% of people come to you because they wanna change. When people want to move, they wanna move because they wanna change the way they look. And so right off the gate, young Kaisa was like, all right, cool. We'll go train with this trainer, go train with this trainer. Cause that's not what I do. I don't, that's not what I believe in. And then all of a sudden I'm looking around and I have no clients. I was like, all right, well, that didn't work. work. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, guess you got to change something about yourself. So what I realized was in that, in that moment, I was the parent and like, I cannot, I have to set up opportunities in which clients came to me for whatever reason it was. And then I taught them and I showed them through the experience that they got to have with their body, that that's not really what we're here for. And that like what you look like really isn't ultimately the most important thing. So that is kind of like how this whole spark lit was lit inside of me. And I was working with a lot of middle-aged women. Like that's why I ended up working a lot with and the way in which their lives were changing because of the way in which like how they felt about themselves when they could do these really empowering things through movement. And it wasn't, 
the thing is, it wasn't like they were doing anything crazy. It could have been a push-up was something that like was life-changing for somebody because she never thought that she could do that. But that confidence and that connection that she had and how empowered she felt, she took that out into the real world. And then her whole life changed. Because it's and not so- about the doing the push-up. It's about thinking yeah. that you could never do a push-up and then working hard and committing to yourself and believing in yourself and then doing something you didn't think you could do. Absolutely. And just feeling so empowered in who you are. Like, that's the thing. Like we're, we are truly empowered in who we are as human beings, not by what we look like, but by who we are, what we can do, how we show up in the world, the connections we have with others, how we impact others. Those are the things that really feed you. Not what you look like. That doesn't really feed you. That's not lasting. So at the end of the day, that's where I was like, I really want to bring healthy movement to the world. I really want to help people get connected with themselves, use movement as a tool, not to change what they look like, but so they can become more empowered and confident in who they are as human beings. And so it, for me, like that was really always the goal. It's been a long journey to get to the point of finally releasing, just move our platform release this year. And the, the truth is like, I really believe we are, if the health and wellness industry really believed in an individual's health and wellness, it would be just move. Like that's what I I really believe. Like that's, that's who we are. That's what we're doing. We are an inclusive movement space. We are continuously redefining what it means to move. I mean, we have dance, we we have, we have all of the traditional ways to move. We were constantly trying to expand that because I think a lot of people just write it off and say like, Oh, I didn't, I don't enjoy working out. I didn't, I don't enjoy fitness. The human body is made to move. You are literally born to move. You love to move. You just haven't found a mode of movement, a type of movement that speaks to you yet. And I am here to show you that we have one for you, you know, and as we expand, um, and that we have really incredible trainers, trainers, you know, super diverse trainers. And that was really, really important to me as well. Can you talk about the, because I heard, I heard you, I don't know what video it was. Maybe it was a just move video or maybe it was something else you were doing, but you were talking about the difference between like, you don't just have like beginner programs. You have a program like that's called start. (laughs) I want you to talk about that because I think one of my biggest things that, and we don't have a lot of times, oh, I want to get this in, but one of my biggest things is when I hear people that say, I can't go to that class or I can't do that or I can't whatever because I'm not in shape or I, I can't do that kind of whatever, which is boils my blood for a whole list of reasons, but you've developed programming and language and all of that, that literally is for that person probably. Yeah, no, exactly. So when I, when I was training in person, coming in saying they had never moved before, so they didn't know how to move. So when you say squat, like they didn't know what a squat was, they were either in pain mm-hmm. um, or they just didn't have the knowledge of how to move and had never done it before, didn't have the experience. So the beginner level in the fitness world is actually too advanced for somebody who has never moved before or is possibly in pain. So I created a level called start. If you have never moved before, if you moved maybe a long time ago and you don't really know how to move or you're in pain, start is where you start because we take movement and we make it really, really accessible. You're still learning. You're learning how to do all the fundamentals of movement, but in a really, really fun way. Because the issue for me is that the fitness industry, if they create anything that is like that true beginner, the way in which they talk down to human beings is in infuriating to me. Somebody who is just getting started on their movement journey doesn't need to be talked down to like, that's not, that's so for me, anytime I looked at like what, what is out there for individuals, it didn't exist. 
So, and I hate calling them levels and I've got to figure out another language, but we have start and then beginner, then intermediate, then advanced. So you can work through the whole system, but you always feel like you have a place that speaks to you. So really my thing was, if you have never moved before, you've looked into what we call the fitness world and never thought something spoke to you. I wanted to be the place that you felt home. I want it to be the, the place that you really felt like, okay, this is where I can begin my movement journey. I don't care where you, if you stay with us, amazing. Yeah. If you go anywhere else, great. I just want you to feel really empowered and confident in movement and what your body can do. And I want you to learn about it, like as you are going through that process. Which is incredible that you've essentially taken a time and, and the energy to develop something for every everybody. And yeah. I think that speaks to the fact that like I believe in it. It sounds like you believe that every single person in the world, despite if you are like an Olympic athlete or you literally have never walked in a, walked a step in your life, you deserve to have a space to enjoy movement because movement offers so much to us. Absolutely. Amen. So I have like 20 other things I was going to bring up, but we don't have time. <laughs> which is fine but I just want to say I'm so grateful for this conversation to be able to have because I think even now I'm going to be left thinking about my own thoughts and my own being and and stuff but also because I think this is going to help a lot of people do the same thing with that I'm also grateful just for your platform in general I think you offer a lot to the world and I hope that in the future there are more people like you doing what you do so can you tell us how people can find you because people are going to want to find you after this conversation you could find me on instagram and facebook i think is the easiest so kaisa fit k-a-i-s-a fit and then the platform that we're working on that i'm creating right now is just move so that's as well on instagram and facebook um, and if you find me on Instagram, Instagram is really like what I know. Facebook is too complicated for me. Message me. Like I told, I'm the one, I, nobody else is running my Instagram. I'm the one running my Instagram. Message me, definitely comment. Like I would love to come back on and have a more, you know, like continue our conversation just because I think a lot of times people don't allow me to like go in depth to where I want to go and have these. So you're coming back. <laughs> okay. You're coming back because there's yeah. in, I think what we did today is we touched a lot of things, but we could have talked about your freshman year of high school for 45 minutes. And so I think a lot of people are going to hear a lot of the parts of your story and the parts of what you believe. And then they're going to want more just like I do. And I will say I am in this like you and I am assuming this. I don't know if this is true, but I, I attempt to surround myself, whether it be in my life or on social media with like minded people. And at the same time, I feel really lonely a lot because what I'm either seeing is these people that I think are like-minded actually aren't. It's one of those things like you're talking about the body positivity movement has turned into like a moneymaker or something to help you write this like really great quote on Instagram and then people follow you. But is that really what you're trying to be? And so I do feel really lonely and a lot of that. So just personally, I'm grateful to have as many of these conversations as you are willing to have because it fills my soul and it helps actually accomplish what I'm trying to do myself. Absolutely. So, and what you guys don't know is right before I got on, I told Kat, I was like, I don't really like talking. So. <laughs> but look <laughs> at you. I love with you. So, <laughs> but look at you. But that's because you're not, you're talking about things you care about. I really appreciate you. I, I definitely feel like this is the first of many conversations. So, mm-hmm. you know, definitely please yeah. keep me in loop. And if anybody has things that they want us to discuss next, you know, oh, maybe yeah. 
us know. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I will say to everybody, if you heard something and you have a specific question, email it to, um, Catherine at you need therapy podcast.com. And it can either be, we do a Wednesday Q and a where I answer emails. It can be something really simple like that. Or if there's enough of the same stuff or even enough things, we'll just have you fully back on a, on an episode. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And also just for creating the space, you know, for like true conversation. 